Hello, everybody. Welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. I'm Jake Parker. I'm Lee White. And I'm Will Terry. And all three of us are professional illustrators, and we've all been working for about the last 25 years. We've worked with all the major publishers in the business. And together, we've published somewhere around 50 or 100 books, and we've all taught illustration at universities. Every week, we come up with a different topic in illustration. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we argue. Every time, you are going to learn something brand spanking new. Or not. Or maybe not. Depends on your experience, I guess. (laughs) 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 No guarantees. But I don't know. This episode should be interesting. Um, Will, you want to just take it away? Um, Lead us down this path of where we're going to go today with the topic? Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, um, this is one of the few times where I did not get my podcast idea from either an email or from the forums or, or from a DM or something. I was just thinking it would be fun for us to talk about dreams, our dreams, our students' dreams, you know, people that are uh, taking our svslearn.com classes. Um. And what it means to to dare to dream big, and just basically have a have a conversation around why it's good to dream, um, why it's why it's good to have big dreams, little maybe little dreams, moderate dreams, and big, grandiose dreams. I'm going to make an argument that having amazingly big, huge dreams mm. is good for you. Okay. At least okay. by the end. Well, so okay. let me ask you: What's the problem that that you're that you're seeing with uh, with people? I th- that's a good question. I think I think in general, artists. You know, we have we've grown up in a world where, um, I mean, let's face it: we we, we grow up in a world that is academically mm-hmm. focused. You know, English, math, science, and parent parents. I think secretly always dream that. You know, their kid says something like, you know, I want to be a doctor or I want to be a lawyer. Or, I want to be an accountant or I want to be, I, I know that uh, there are a lot of great parents out there that are, that understand that to have a child that is doing something they love and is fulfilling that the money is secondary, you know, that, that the most important thing is that they're focused and that they, you know, just want to be a really good um, uh, contributor to society. But I think, I think most parents secretly deep down, they might not vocalize it, but they're kind of hoping for that doctor. Don't you think? Um, uh, yeah. Well, I can tell my own experiences. My dad still brings up that I should have been a brain surgeon. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Even now with their level of success, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say go, you know, it's time to pivot and <laughs> go to medical school but, <laughs> but he wishes you had something you had, you that had he could such be such good hand-eye coordination and you're so smart like why couldn't you be a um you know you could have been a great surgeon that's such mm-hmm. a parent thing to say like the the full-on backhanded well compliment sort of thing to his, <laughs> you could have been something jay no. <laughs> really to his yourself. credit though I mean, he's been extremely supportive. He's never, he's never said I shouldn't do what I'm doing. Um, but, uh-huh. but you know, I, like Will says, I mean, there's this, there's this aspiration, this wish, 
element to what you want your kid, what you think your kid would be, would be good at what they, what they would do. And so I think that does Mm -hmm. play into, you know, it plays into, I think everybody's psychology as they pursue a career, like, you know, there's on one hand doing what fulfills you, but also on the other hand, you know, not um, letting down your upbringing, right. And, and the hopes and aspirations Mm -hmm. of, two people that have, you know, your parents, if you were raised by two people or one parent. And for those of you who have no parents, I'm, I'm going down a <laughs> test, test two babies. Um, <laughs> they put so much resources and time and money into you. You know, you do want to uh, honor them, I guess, to some degree. Right. But wouldn't most parents just really, I mean, mo- I think most parents would be happy just having a successful kid i mean i don't Mm -hmm. think it has to be a specific thing that they're successful in i mean i I feel like my parents would have been happy as long as i'm reasonably successful in what i'm doing and i'm happy um so yeah would the would the parent would say you're a failed doctor (laughs) like malpractice problems all (laughs) kinds of things would they (laughs) would they still be (laughs) right but you're a doctor so you get the pass (laughs) you know what about the the idea that we that we tie making money into success. What do you guys think about that? That like you could be a great artist. I mean, really good at not making any money. Well, that's or con- you could be a, 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 a mediocre artist, but you're really good at, at um, marketing yourself. So you're getting work. And so what, you know, person A's artwork is much better than person B's, but person B is getting paid for it. I'm going to pivot on that set up a little bit and I, I mean i just wonder what would everyone's work look like if money wasn't like say i'm gonna go the full-on socialist mm-hmm. route so say we okay. say we're in uh because we'll we'll love socialism you got um, ubi going on, right <laughs> like, and a lot of it right <laughs> so if people had they didn't have to worry about their career say say a doctor made the same amount as a as a baker and made the same amount as a ballet dancer as the same amount as a painter um, what would everybody be doing if, if if everybody got a stipend of the same amount? Right. Um, and there was and nobody cared what you did. You got the same amount. What I just wonder how the artwork would change, and how people's personalities would change, and and lives would change because a lot of it, in at least in capitalist kind of society, is about chasing the dollar, and a lot of the people dollar, don't feel yeah. validated unless they're making money. I mean, I feel like there's so many people who say who want to quit their job and become a professional, not realizing the i don't want to say shackles but there is some drawbacks to that as well it seems like it's you know talking about dreams today a lot of people idealize their dream right and then the problem can be i'm going to play devil's advocate against the going for your dream (laughs) (laughs) because when you get your dream what do you do next i mean you see that you see it for all its warts and all its uh Mm. you know Right. The the downside of it. And sometimes having that that idealization is really good. You know, if you you see sports stars when they retire, they have a tough time transitioning because they had this big dream, they achieved the dream, and then and then that's what their identity is. And then they get past it and all of a sudden they don't have an identity anymore. So Right. It's a good thought experiment, Lee. Um and I've had this one with with my sister. We've we've kind of argued this exact question. Would people in in mass, would people um, achieve as much as they do without the incentive of making 
more money by picking a career that makes more money, I guess is essentially what you're saying, right? So would would we still have the, the same distribution of careers? Would everyone, would more people try to paint or, you know, make art? Would, um, would we have enough doctors? I, I know my opinion is we wouldn't. I That's think that point. there's, I think there's enough, um, you know, you give someone the same, you give everybody the same amount of money and then you say, you know, we need doctors. So some of you are gonna have to go to school for 10 years, but if you don't want to be a doctor, you don't go to school at all. You could be an artist. I don't, you know what I mean? Or no, you go it's a good, it's a valid point that, that all things, uh, you know, some things are a lot harder to get to. I hadn't my, thought my about sis- that side. That's my good. sister thinks that, you know, we'd have the mm-hmm. same distribution. I, I don't think we could possibly have the same distribution, but some people love um, healing, you know, being a doctor. And so I think some people still would. I watched a, an interesting documentary. Hmm a decade ago or longer. And it was a, it was, they were interviewing. It was actually a child from the Johnson, uh, Johnson and Johnson, um, fortune Mm -hmm. who he was like a great grandson who made the documentary and he grew up with all of his friends were rich kids. Did you see it? About 10 years ago. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So all of his friends were rich kids mm-hmm. that he grew up with. I mean, and they were all the who's who of yeah, all these like know, American um, capitalism. Hamptons hanging yeah. out like rich people. Yeah, exactly. So so he interviewed his his friends, and some of them didn't want to be on camera. And he's like, What do we do with our lives basically? Mm-hmm. Because we all have money. And are you planning on doing anything important with your life? And mm-hmm. a lot of them were partying. And they didn't want to be interviewed, but a few of them, like he even interviewed his dad and his dad was a a very accomplished Mm -hmm. pianist. And his dad was like the grandson of the, of the fortune. And he was told, his dad was told, you just have to do something really worthwhile with your life. We, we, as parents expect you to become something great with your life, pick anything you want. And he did, and he became a great pianist. And there's, I was also thinking of Rashida Jones. You know, she comes from, you know, she's a, a famous actress, and she comes from a, a family fortune. And you know, if you you might remember her from like The Office or Parks and Rec. If was she but, in um, The Office too? But oh, uh huh. Yeah, she was in The Office. Not, not as big a role, but she was definitely uh, on some of the seasons, the later seasons. That was a guy. That was a guy that I went to art center with. That this kind of reminds me. This conversation reminds me of. Um, who had, he studied motion graphics and he left uh, Art Center with a big skill set. He was really good, got hired immediately, worked for five years at least and, and was making six, making more than almost everybody else I know out of Art Center as people were gaining traction in their careers. Just motion graphics mm-hmm. pays a lot and it's, you know, it's still heavily in demand. Um, so he was able to transition really quick and and then he just quit and became a doctor. He just was not fulfilled as a motion. He was fully successful in his career and mm-hmm. he, he decided to go back and, and, uh, and start. Well, he had we to go have back to one school. of our, one of our, our students at SVS. Um, uh, oh, what's her name? Her last name is Chekoli. Um, don't say people's names online. You can't. Online. Well, I've interviewed her on my, on my podcast. I'm so bad with names. Simona. Um, Simona. Yeah. Um, she, she is a, 
a research scientist. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. A accomplished, great job, re research scientist, um, and decided that she wanted to illustrate children's books. Is she so, still doing you know, the research stuff? I, I'm not sure right now, you know. I, th I think she's, I don't think she is. I think she's gone, I think she's left it behind and gone full on into Her parents are probably super happy book. about that choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, she, I think she made good money, you know. That's what I'm saying. Um, and then she'd take the good money thing and throw it away and go to, to children's <laughs> book. You are not increasing your income in any stretch going into what we do. From um, a research scientist? Yeah. Well, you might. I mean, there are some that have. It's the so, very, it's the exception it's to the, the exception. rule, though. True. Um, but anyway, this this whole this whole line of thinking has really always been very interesting I mean, to I, me. I I just want to interject what, what, too. What, like I I have friends yeah, go ahead. who have gone on to have lucrative careers doing, uh, you know, banking and 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 things like that. And they'll come to me and say, uh, you know, not, not that I don't know if there's an element of jealousy or just admiration or something for me to have really stuck with and followed something that I was passionate about and figured out a way to uh -huh. make that work financially as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if there's like a hint of re regret in in their voice or or if there's... I, you know, I don't want to call any of them out because they they're successful in what they do and and certainly happy with with uh, their lifestyle. But I think there's always like a grass is greener on the other side because they look at some of the freedom mm -hmm. that I have and and me really spending a lot of time working on the things that I am absolutely in love with doing. But they don't see, you know like the 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 fluctuation in pay that I have right right and, and, right right and here I am like really enjoying my day-to-day -day work that I do but I look at you know a nice vacation that they've gone on <laughs> I look at you know the the zip code <laughs> that they live in things like that right where it's it's uh, it reminds me of the quote I forget who said this quote but it's when when bankers and investors get together, they talk about art. When artists get together, they talk about money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but I think I think that's a good question. Like, um, if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you work on? What would you pursue and focus on as an artist? And I think um, with the times that I've done that, where I have set aside, like maybe trying to chase dollars and instead chased passion. Um, there's mm -hmm. been times where that's really ended up paying off. It it was a slow burn, but, but it was like, right. it, it, it's, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to give that advice. I feel like you have, there's so many elements in it. Like you have to be good at it too. Like you can't just be like, I want to be yeah. mm -hmm. an opera singer. <laughs> you can't hold it. You know. Right. <laughs> well, that's what that I mean. That 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 angle is exactly what, what me and my wife call the the American Idol yeah, yeah. problem. It's like, you know, for every one really good singer, you got 20 people who think they're great and they'll go audition and they they can't believe they even get rejected from that first round. You know, that's always the right. funny mm -hmm. ones to watch. Because they're so bad and they can't hear it. And and that's why it's scary. Because like if you're listening to 
you know, if I'm listening to Bono from U2 say, oh, you should just follow your dreams. Well, he's the 1% right. you know, of musicians that achieved a career in music. Okay, so that brings up a question with, is, is seeing a good comparison to drawing? In some ways it would be, but- I think so. But some people have a horrible voice. I mean, no matter how much work they do, right? Their voice is going to be, you know, crack, kind of like yours, Lee. No matter. Oh, yeah, that's a perfect crack. example. <laughs> Cracky. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me start singing. I'll launch into some Whitney Houston right now. Please. But, no. but do you think? Like, okay, <laughs> I have this feeling that you could teach, you could learn to draw easier than you could learn to be a good singer in that you're, you know, like, like you can't like a bath, like an NBA player. If you're five feet tall, you can't just learn to dunk. Right. You know, like just work on it. I mean, like there's physical limitations there. Don't you feel like there are fewer li- physical limitations to drawing? Yeah. But I, th- I think you, I think you get a higher me- mid level ability, but the truth is only the higher end people are making a successful life out of it. If we're talking dollar conversions mm-hmm. for the work. You know, I, th- I think you can go from a bad illustrator to a better illustrator, but can you go from a bad illustrator to a pro? I've seen that. I've seen it too, but it's I've not. Seen that it's not a, a ton of, of people do it. Really, a bunch? Like yeah, what? I've what? Seen a percentage? If you had ten people in a room that are bad, how many of uh-huh. them can make that jump? One, but He's I would say mo- more often than not, it's. <laughs> I am. I actually am. I really am. Um, I was. I was the guy that was led into the my my illustration program on probation. Me and one other guy out of twenty people. So yeah, I am the Dang. one in ten. Yeah. Exactly to the percentage. Yeah, but I bet by I bet by mid college it was showing up. I mean, there's. I'm not saying that everybody starts great. I was terrible too. I mean, we all were. Yeah. Um, I was definitely in the second half when we. When everyone else graduated and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it? Uh, what, are we, no, what are we talking about? <laughs> What's Mike our topic? <laughs> it reminds me of something Mike Rowe talks about a lot. And that is, um, instead of following passion, you follow opportunity, but you bring your passion with you. Uh-huh. So um, yeah. So I, I think what you do is you you narrow it down to a direction. So you might be like, well, I want to be a comic book artist, but maybe right now isn't isn't the best time to try to get a job in the comic book industry because, you know, it's so unstable, right? But you have mm-hmm. some of the skills required to to make a comic. So so there's some passion there, but where is the opportunity with those skills? So maybe Maybe there's more opportunity in like designing T-shirts, and and the same like like graphic design sensibility and the bold like drawing sensibility works really good mm-hmm. for T-shirts, but but not so much in uh, with making comics. And it turns out like you could make eighty thousand dollars a year designing T-shirts, but only thirty thousand doing doing comics. And so you have to. Find find where opportunity is, have the skills that match that opportunity, and then bring that passion along with you. Like you could become super passionate about t-shirt design. I've seen that. Like I thought I was passionate about animation. Uh, but getting down that road for a while, I realized like like um um 
it wasn't it wasn't my like I, I wasn't wanting to br- eat, breathe, and sleep like being an animator, but my skill set mm-hmm. was such that I could I could pivot a little bit and do like concept art, and and so I went into that. I brought the passion with me. I brought the skill set with me, and I made it something that that was you know that was really uh, you know I made a career out of it, and then the whole time it was like these just always putting little feelers out and seeing, is there opportunity here? Is there opportunity here? Is there opportunity here? And wherever something was like gaining traction, I would put a little bit more, I guess, passion into that opportunity. So, um, it, I, mm. and, I, and I bring up comics too, because I always try to make a go at comics and that always ends up being like, there's something else that I could just do so much better at making more money. And so it's always like, well, I'm going to pause on comics <laughs> and go work on this for a little bit and then go back to it. But if money wasn't an issue, yeah. I mean, would I just be drawing comics all the time? And then if, if I was drawing comics all the time, surely one of those comics projects would strike a chord and become a thing that would be, you know, would be like, the next yeah, Hellboy, next Hellboy, or the next Smile, or could, the next Bone. Could could someone be? Could someone be a Mike McNola today? Can yeah, that happen? It, it's, it's, Would it, yeah, why not? Why not? I I think okay. it, they could. I'm just I don't know why you don't why hey, you won't dare well, to dream big. Let me throw. Can I throw a non sequitur in here? Um, this is a little bit off topic, mm-hmm. but. You know, you're saying that, you know, when you talk to people who have normal careers like HR or bankers or something like that, you know, the one thing that I'm jealous of those people, Mm-mm. they Money. never go home. No, well, sometimes that <laughs> <laughs> maybe the, stabi- the stability, but I kind of like the life of being an artist. But the one thing I'm jealous of is that they don't have the constant drive to have to constantly improve. Like for example, for us, like I can be doing all these like fine art paintings, but in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I got to get better drawn hands. And then I start drawing hands. I'm like, oh man, I need to get better color theory. And then, you know, it's like we have this constant pressure on us to be getting better at all things. And the second you lean towards one thing, you're not getting better at the other thing. It's this little bit of a Mm -hmm. neurosis almost with artists that we can't get good enough at all the things, you know what I mean? And like, I I was Mm -hmm. just thinking about them, like when they go home on a weekend, they're not sitting there thinking, man, I I need to get better at banking. Like, you know, they're just done. You know what I mean? They're just done. (laughs) We have this constant, this constant bar that we should be good at not just one part of art, but all of it. And so you're always, you know, trying to shore up your, uh, you know, the things that you need work on. And, and I don't know, it's just, it's just tough. It doesn't end. And so sometimes I see people who like, they leave at five o'clock and they're, they, they're in HR and they just go home and they're like, I, it's I'm not going part to of their. I disagree with you mm-hmm. for a second there. And that is, I think what's going on. Cause I know, Lee and Jake I know fighting. people who have those jobs who are always who who are passionate about it and who are looking for ways to improve and get mm-hmm. better at it and certify themselves in certain things or find you know just level up right and they're they're trying to to you know so you think they go home on a Friday after work after their full-time no. job and they're here's thinking the about here's the difference um when you are 
when you have one of those, I think one of those types of jobs, maybe you're not so wrapped up with that being in your identity. So like, right. Like they wouldn't say, Hey, I'm, I'm Joe. I'm a, I'm a banker. They would say, you know, like they would say, I'm Joe. I love surfing or I love, um, you know, hiking or something like that. It becomes about something other and than their the job, job basically. Yeah, their identity. And whereas, you know, one of us introduce ourselves, it's like, yeah, I, I'm Jake. I draw comics. I, I illustrate. Oh, well, what do you do for fun? Um, well, when, let's see, what fun? I, draw I and read illustrate. comics and I <laughs> <laughs> watch movies. <laughs> like everything I had to do with it. Do you, do you guys think in the history of mankind that, that bankers and lawyers and doctors have ever sat around and pontificated what it's like to be illustrators. Oh, uh, well, I mean, you look at Michael Crichton, right? Like, <laughs> here's here's a, a, a doctor who you also have John Grisham too, who's a lawyer, and both of them decided, well, I want to write stories, and they started <laughs> writing based off of their expertise. So Grisham writes all law based, yeah, like novels like uh, thrillers right and Craigton uses his background yeah. in science um to to come up with these crazy like situations uh he cre- i mean he created the show er which is very much aligned with what his profession was but yeah. then he's also does stuff uh-huh. like that's like an interesting Jurassic point part so yeah uh so i think i, I think there's something to be said about f- um, going down this path, and and Will, you brought up early on, like dreaming big, like don't cut yourself short mm-hmm. in the dreams. So I think there's something you said. If you've chosen the path to to be an illustrator and artist, you're already like outside of the. You're you're thinking outside the box. You're outside the system. <laughs> you've already like told everybody, I'm going to go down this crazy path. But then for you to go down like. You're you're on this crazy path, but then to like tiptoe down it and like not like blaze <laughs> blaze down it is so weird because right um, uh, if you if you if you made that decision you might as well try and go all the way and then and then see how it goes and and again like that goes directly against what I said before like following opportunity versus following passion I don't know the answer <laughs> I don't know what to do I don't know what's right. <laughs> Well, we put I put this um, this question out in the forums at svslearn.com because I wanted to find out what our what our students' big dreams were. And so a couple of days ago I, I put it out there and I asked, I just basically said if money was not an object, you know, and well you, you posted could do that in the forum. I'm looking I'm looking for it right now. So that's in that's in the forum. Yes, it's, it's, it. the title it. is podcast question dash three. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. So, um, Lee, if you spent more time <laughs> in the forums, you know, just saying. <laughs> hey, go up under reputation for my. <laughs> I am top it's of the line. Lee's forum. You know, I I said that <laughs> because I knew that you're. You know. <laughs> um, no, we had some really good responses um, overall. I want to say that I was disappointed, but I don't want to say I'm, but that's the wrong way to, to, to say it. And so let me preface it by saying this. I think that 
um, in order to dream big for most people, you have to have experience of smaller and medium sized dreams coming true. Mm. So that's a hypothesis I'm going to put forth that in, that in general, we don't like to dream as we, when we become adults, we don't want to dream big because if, if we do, we're saying, well, it, we're almost saying if we if we write it down or if we vocalize it, we're almost saying, well, that's never going to happen. Well, for me. you're hedging. Right? You don't want to. Um, yeah, you don't want to look the fool. Like right. And I don't know who you've got to right. prove that. So we to. keep them to ourselves. So you tried something and maybe it didn't work. Yeah, right? I don't know. Like you don't have to. There's 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 nothing wrong with that. right. I mean, most of the responses in the forum, and I want to read some of them because some of them are great. And I, and there's a lot that I, I would love to read all of them, but obviously we can't, but, um, there's a lot of responses. It's good. Yeah. There, um, most everyone had the dream of writing and illustrating their own children's book or their own graphic novel, excuse me, or their own comic strip. And I think that is an amazing goal. That's actually still one of my goals. I haven't written i've written some self-published books that did really well financially um as ebooks but i haven't um you know i got really close with scholastic one time where i wrote a book and then they said they were going to buy it and then we went out and did the celebration dinner and everything and then two weeks later they decided to pass on it you know um so i got pretty close but i think that that is a great goal for a children's book illustrator to move beyond illustrating for someone else although that is a dream for other people too is to 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 be uh, you know reading through these comments <clears throat> that was one of my early on dreams is just to make money with my art you mm-hmm. know so um do you guys mind if i go ahead and read some of these no go for it let's hear it uh no go ahead <laughs> just the, the the awkward pause was like is he really, really gonna read these <laughs> <laughs> here's one here's one from anna great question i'm very new to all this unlikely to be famous anytime soon however in my ideal world i'd be writing and illustrating my own books as well as illustrating other people's books fame and recognition wise not after much but my dream is one day um seeing kids being inspired to choose a character i've created and dress up as that character on a world book day that would be a sign that I made it. And I think that's, that's awesome. I think, you know, some people are afraid to wish for fame, but I say, mm-hmm. why not? Why not wish for that? Because I mean, isn't it cool? I'm mean, like, you've had people do fan art of your I work. I've had people AJ. dress up as uh, characters too. That was super cool. Here's the thing. It's like, if you want a certain level of success in your, um, in publishing, there's going to be an element of notoriety and fame that comes along with that. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's just something that you, you have to, and I wouldn't say I, me personally, like I'm famous in certain circles I am, but mm-hmm. not in like a mainstream sort of I'm niche famous, not mainstream famous. Right. Um, um, and mm-hmm. so there's like this really cool thing, like, oh yeah, like look at that. That kid did that. That kid dressed up in a design that that I did. Like I've had kids do Skull Chaser, uh-huh. which doesn't even have a comic really. <laughs> but they've done Missile Mouse and they've done um <laughs> Awesome Man. 
both children's books and and comic uh-huh. books. And it's a nice high and it's a nice buzz, but that's not enough to like like drawing those things takes months to finish and to pour energy right. into. And so ultimately like like those are just some bonus like boosts, but really what drives me to create is I want to make something cool and I actually enjoy the process when I get to the end of the day and I look at that thing that I've created, like um, there's just Mm -hmm. satisfaction in that to the point that I've, 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 I've been creating things without showing anybody, you know, there's some things that I don't show and and it's just for me. Right. Um, And I think that's healthy. I think there needs to be a piece of you that, that isn't for sale, that isn't for anybody else that, um, that you do Mm. just for you. That's what I do with realistic, realistic painting. Yeah. I keep that all to myself. I don't show it. Self-portrait nudes that you've been doing. Oh yeah. Well, I'll show those. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta find the right chat Don't hide your light under a bushel basket. (laughs) Come on, we want to see it. Well, there's a certain Uh, risk that comes with fame too. I should, and and, didn't, (laughs) didn't really happen. Hey. Oh, the mural-sized one is what turned everybody off. Um, (laughs) No, uh, a risk that comes with notoriety and fame, too, is that you get, for lack of a better term, pigeonholed. I mean, I know that's happened with even fine artists who think, oh, I can paint whatever Mm -hmm. I want to. Um, Steve Houston comes to mind. He's a uh, a painter, does boxers and all that stuff. He He paints other stuff, too, but once he got famous for doing the boxers, you know, the second he doesn't do a boxer, people say, why didn't you paint a boxer? You know, like that right. <laughs> there's an expectation that falls on you that, that <laughs> with a certain amount of success, it's hard to get around. Right. I got to tell you when, when I, you know, I got married this year to a, a, a great woman and uh, mm-hmm. her name's Lily. And I told her, you know, she's like, well, you know, when we were dating, I didn't tell her that I was an illustrator or anything. It didn't come up for quite a while. You know, I was like, ah, I do art and stuff. But then, you know, moving down the road, we we ended up after we got married, she's like, you know, I had had her convinced that I was just, you know, just a a guy because I am. I'm like not recognizable. I'm not famous or anything. I just illustrate books. But because of the podcast and because of uh, my YouTube channel and because of teaching at, at university for almost 10 years and and I've just been very visible online. There's a lot of people in this particular area that I live in that if I'm at the grocery store or something will recognize me. So, and it, you know, I'll be in the grocery store and maybe let's say in a year, maybe I'll get recognized five or six times, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a dozen times. When the first week after we were married and we moved back here, we went on a hike and someone's like, are you Will Terry? You know, <laughs> and it happened at the grocery store. It happened when we were out on another walk and it happened, it like happened like So people that you times. didn't know before, they just knew you from. Right. Okay. I got like my, my whole year's worth all in like the first week or two. And <laughs> she's like, hey, one. Who Lee, you? you don't get that? <laughs> oh, I do. Okay, I've just gotten okay. used to just it. Just sure. <laughs> the worst is like the helicopters. No, it was pretty funny. When they start like just circling your house all the time. <laughs> oh man, I can't, I can't handle that. <laughs> Paparazzi, put my business in the news. All right, I'm going to read another one here. I really like this one. Uh, this one's from Laurie. 
I'm an amateur and planning to retire from my real job in a couple of years, which at which point my dream life is to spend all morning at my art desk, drinking coffee and painting. And in the afternoons, taking long walks through the English countryside. I will produce such incredible illustrations during that art time that publishers will beg me to illustrate professionally. And I will say, thank you for the compliment, but I prefer to remain retired. After which I will head back out of the countryside with my walking staff and sketchbook. The problem with this dream is that my art skills would have to vastly improve. And I live in New York state, not England. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're looking for, but since you asked, it's exactly what I'm looking for. I wanted, I want to find, you know, I want people to dare to dream big. And so uh, in, and I wrote down some of the early dreams that I had had, and the first one was, I just wanted to make money with my art. I didn't care what kind mm-hmm. of art I was making. I just wanted to be able to make enough money to support a family with my art. And that happened. I was doing editorial and advertising art in the beginning, illustration. And all of a sudden, I was making money. And it was just amazing. It was like, I, I have this career. Um, and then I wanted to... Um, you know, make enough money to buy a house. And I bought a house. And then my dream changed to, I want to be able to illustrate a children's book. This, you know, these one-off illustrations for magazines are cool, but to do a whole book, oh my gosh, would that be a dream? And then that came true. And my first book was Pizza Pat. And, you know, and then that happened over and over and over again. And I think what happens is we get used to setting these, these goals that are, that are attainable. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we bother to, to venture beyond that in our minds and think, well, why not have, you know, 10-year and 20-year and 30-year goals or dreams? And they and I think goals are different than dreams. I think dreams should be grandiose because I think if we allow ourselves to to dream big, um, big things can happen. And if we don't, I don't I think we kind of eliminate possibilities from even happening. I think our minds, in our minds, we put these false limitations on ourselves, you know? And so, you know, I had the dream after that of, of illustrating these eBooks and publishing them on my own. And, and those were huge successes. I had the dream of, of creating an online art school and, you know, the, the, but is that a dream or is that a dream or a goal? I mean, that's, that seems like attainable. Those, those don't seem like pie in the sky kind of. Okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right. All right. Give me a chance. Anyway, Folio Academy was the first rendition of that. SVSLearn.com, what we're doing now, was a huge dream slash goal, but still not. You're right. It was in the realm of attainability. One of the dreams that I did write down about 15 years ago was I wanted to be able to earn enough money with, with my art that I could afford to take off and exercise two or two to three hours a day, not necessarily exercising the whole time, but, you know, go up in the mountains and start to finish the whole trip would take, you know, two to three hours and not feel like I was sacrificing mm-hmm. my, my, uh, you know, earning potential. And that became a reality, you know, where I can have time to go and do a really nice hike or bike ride or snowboard or something like that. Um, I still, like I said, I still have the dream of wanting to write and illustrate my own children's book. And now the, the thing with that one is not just to write and illustrate it, but to be able to spend a year working on a book 
that is the exact book that I want to produce where I'm not cutting any corners. You know, I'm one of my, um, one of my dreams is to actually, uh, create art. Like one of my mentors, one of my art heroes is Polly Bernatene, who's, who is, uh, lives in Argentina, um, and, and is a children's book illustrator. And he creates these 3d sets. Oh yeah. You know, so he's, he'll, he, he's created like a little town and then yeah. photographs the town with a camera and then illustrates digitally and puts his characters in the town, lighting it in different ways, manipulating it. I would love, that's a style that I've always wanted to work in. I've seen other illustrators do that. And it's just, it's just an amazing thing to do. And I've just never felt like I've had enough time to be able to, to do that. Okay. Here's one that you guys probably don't know of. I have always had a dream of opening a restaurant because mm-hmm. I love to cook. And I think I'd, I'd have something to share. Um, another big dream of mine, probably the biggest one is I would love to be able to buy a ranch. I actually have the ranch in mind. It's actually currently owned by the Girl Scouts, um, out here in Utah. So I don't know if I'd be able to, it's, it's called the Trefoil Ranch and it's nestled in the mountains. The road dead ends into this ranch. So there's no one that's driving by. It's a, it's 120 acres. There's it's, this is a pie in the sky dream. But I would love to be able to buy the place and have artist retreats there and have people come in and teach plein air painting. I, that's kind of the painting that I've always wanted to do. I have tons of dreams, you know, but that's one that I would love to do is to, to have, you know, groups come in for a week at a time, stay in the cabins, learn how to paint and basically have a party every week with a different group around art. That's See, my I, ultimate dream. I was wanting to Will buy it ever the come true? Boy Scout Ranch across the street and do, do the Shut same up, thing. Shut up, Jake. <laughs> no. Shut your face. <laughs> the restaurant one out of all those seems the most um, like you're idealizing. Uh, anybody uh-huh. who's worked in a restaurant. Have you worked in a restaurant? Oh, yeah, I have. And I don't really want to do it, but I want to have enough money to, to create it and then let someone else run it. So that's part of the dream is I don't want to run it. You I don't. want to create. I want to create the menu <laughs> and the atmosphere and the logo, and then you're done. And the logo <laughs> and the look, and then I want to visit the restaurant because well, someone and, else and is to managing. Be fair, like Will, yeah. um, you you've you've bumped into that a person living that dream. Like you're friends with someone who's done that twice now, right? So yeah. you've you've watched yeah. it happen. Like yeah. he's not the chef. He's not working at the restaurant yeah. every day, but he's yeah, yeah. Dave Tomisto. Yeah, who's created multiple restaurants? And, is one uh, of my friends. You actually and, designed. Yeah, I just love the logo what he's done. Some of the artwork from one of them, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but I think it's I think it's important to have big dreams because I think that big things can come true in your life if you're willing to think big. I mean, why why do we limit ourselves? You know. Yeah, I think there's a. I mean, I mean, to answer that question, I think there's just so many factors at play, like um, not like self-esteem, um, and and that could be problems from how you were raised. Uh, it could be problems from, you know, how you're treated at school, and it could be that you know a teacher, you know, you talk to these people who are successful, and and we we have a lot of this. Um, uh, success, success bias, right? And they'll say, "Well, is that one teacher mm-hmm. that told me I could be 
you know, I could really be a writer. And here I am today because that teacher believed in me. And I saw an Onion article where there was this unsuccessful writer who every day, like he's just struggling and can't even pay rent. And every day he curses the teacher <laughs> that said to him he could be a, he could be a writer. That's so good. Um, That's so good. I see. I don't think you got a dream. Oh, sorry, Jake. No, I didn't want to cut you off. To you. Oh, so the dreaming big part is the part I have almost a problem with because I think when people dream too big, they start to over-idealize. And then they also don't think about, I think I think ego starts to play in. When people dream big, they think, you know, not only will I be uh, you know, a good artist, but I'll also be famous and people will want to, you know, hang out with me and I'll, they'll ask for my audit. You know, there's a level of ego mm-hmm. that's associated with a, with dreaming that big. Not that you shouldn't have, you know, those fun flights of, you know, fantasy too, but practical dreams and 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 kind of looking around and saying, okay, what would make me happy? I, I'd, I'd rather people start there. Like, what kind of person am I and, and what makes me happy? I mean, I'm in the middle of a career change, so I've actually just started doing this. I'm chasing a quote-unquote dream. But I got to the point where, you know, that's that's with my gallery, which I've talked about a little bit on this on this podcast. But I had to ask myself, like, what what part of all this do I enjoy and what part do I do I not like and how do I address those? And that that led me to the path, just asking those really almost practical questions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I really like happened because of SVS. Like I love interacting with you guys. I like being around people and I like groups of people doing things and I always have. And 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 you know, on the opposite side of that, being at home and illustrating all day, which seems like a dream for a mm-hmm. lot of people, it's that part is hard for me when I'm just in isolation, especially when I'm in the middle of a book. And, you know, you got 40 more illustrations to do and you're just, you know, pounding away eight, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. I'm faster now, so I don't spend that much time on them. But, um, you know, that part I never really loved. There's sort of the self-inflicted isolation, I guess, of being a publishing artist. That's one, one drawback to me. And I started to ask myself, like, when am I happiest making the artwork? And that typically it's just I come up with an idea. I don't necessarily... It doesn't have to make sense. I don't have to run it through a bunch of people to approve it. I just come up with something and I paint it and either people like it or they don't. And 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 so that's what the art I started selling at the art fairs and people responded well enough and I'd enjoy that. So the, here's the artwork, buy it or don't buy it, but whatever. And so through all the asking those questions, what I like, what I don't like, then I came up with the idea of a group, a co-op gallery where there's more than just me. You know, I don't want to just open a gallery by myself because then I'm in the same boat. I'm just responsible for all of it just by myself. So a co-op where there's a lot of people that are all striving for the same goal. We each help each other and and and, and limit the risk and and lean into the the rewards. Hmm. I got to push back a little bit on your your fame thing. Okay. <laughs> I think I think you're right in that. Um, Wanting, there's a, I think there's a difference between wanting to be famous and wanting to be known for the thing that you do. So in other words, like if, if, if my goal is I want to be the best artist I can possibly be, and I hope that also brings fame, I think that's a healthier goal than to just want people to worship you for whatever and think that magically your artwork's going to be great. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, and I, cause I agree with you that if, that some people just want fame and fortune, but they don't want to do the work right. to get there. I think, I think it's implied in, in this discussion that 
it's like you gotta i mean that's what our whole school is about is is teaching people to get better at their art you know to get really good and and we and we don't sugarcoat how long it takes and how much dedication it takes and how much hard work it takes but i think it's good to to dream big because i think it opens doors i'm a big believer in the idea that was brought out in the in the film um the secret you know that if you put something out into the universe i do agree with that it can come back to you but you have to kind of vocalize it and you have to kind of want it and you kind of have to be thinking about it and then and then little by little, that's what I've noticed is that, you know, I've, I've put these things out there and they just start happening. They just start coming true, you know, and I look back at my life and I'm like, holy cow, I remember what it was like to just want to get paid to do some artwork. And then that happened. And I remember what it was like to want, just want to be able to make enough to, to pay the bills. And then that happened. And then I want, you know, I remember what it was like to to hopefully one day get to illustrate a whole book, you know. Well, and, when you start moving in a direction, things do start happening yeah. towards that direction. It's kind of uncanny almost how much that happens. Once you once you make a decision and say, okay, I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much things, I mean, like I said, even with this gallery, well, the space comes available. That's a perfect spot for that. That's that'll accommodate all these people. And then people started signing up for the spaces. And, and you know what I mean? Everything just started sort of. Working itself yeah. out. Um, same is true. And I I'm, think your enthusiasm is a big reason why people jumped in. That's why I jumped in. Because I, I already knew you, but I also know that you don't do anything halfway. That's and, true. I didn't fall And so, you know. and That's why Jake's <laughs> going to miss out and not be famous. <laughs> but I think we, we sell ourselves based on those dreams that we have. You know, when you when – you, um, you know, if you if you were to pitch something, you know, if 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 you were to pitch something, if you would pitch that gallery to me, you said, "Hey, well, I kind of had this idea, you know, of just kind of making this gallery thing, and if you want, you can throw in, you know." I'd have been like, "Nah," but it was the way you were like, "Oh man, you, you would be crazy not to do this." Here's what here's what I'm going to do. And you just lay everything out, and here's pictures, and here's. I got the perfect space. You're and so I, excited about you it. You know, you you just kept. You're so excited. That's I'm true. Like, I, I I do not have a poker face <laughs> when I'm excited about something. Well, and that's and that's how I I hope that's what how I came across to Jake when we did our first class for SVS. I was really pumped. I was really excited, and I knew we could do something really fun and really good, to, you know, valuable yeah. together. And uh, yeah. So I made a so, plan. I think I figured it out. Listening to everything, I kind of like I like this episode because it really is just three artists hanging out talking. It's like there's no structure <laughs> or anything. But uh, here I am trying to force some structure onto it, I guess. But here's based there's on what we talked about. I think this is this is uh, coming away from this episode. If you're if you want some direction, maybe this is what you do. Number one, dream big. <laughs> here's my list. No, number one, dream big. But that dream needs to be grounded in what you actually want to do day to day. Like what does what does your day-to-day yeah. activity look like? Um, so when you say I want to be a famous artist, that is the result. You know, that's not your dream. 
because you ne- don't necessarily want what is going to make you be a famous artist, right? So figure out what your right right put the cart before what your the big horse. dream is based on. Yeah. I would love to spend my day doing X, Y, and Z, right? And then I think the next step is you create systems that by nature of you doing them every day for years, um, your dream is a byproduct of that, right? So if it's like, hey, I want to, you know, I really do want to be a comic book artist. What do comic book artists do? They make comics. And I guarantee if you spend 10 years making comics, like, consistently and you put out you know you have a you have, basically you could do 100 pages a year or something like that um which mm-hmm. you'll, have, you'll a have a lot of comics and and someone somewhere is going to eventually pay you for it whether it's a fan base that you've created out of yourself or it's a publisher or something like that right so then you have you have your system in place you have your dream in place but then i think the last component there is you just you you keep your eyes Keep your heart open to opportunity as well. And and don't feel like you're betraying yourself if if you follow an opportunity that aligns with your abilities, but it isn't necessarily the dream, the initial dream that you had. Does that make sense? So I like it. That's no, that's I what I do. Hey, I want to read one more. One more comment on here. If we're if we're thinking about wrapping, do you have anything else, Lee? No, I'd like to hear the quote. Okay, I want to wrap with this one. This one was from Josh. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the second paragraph, he says, I think I'd like my kids to look at what I do and feel like they can do anything they want in life. I don't want them to feel like the path is narrow. I want them to feel like they have creative rights to to live their own lives. More than that, I want to be good at it. I want to deliver great products and make people happy and get paid well for it. I think that is a great place to be, you know, to, to make great things that will make other people happy, that will inspire my kids to realize that they can do anything. I think that is a really great uh, dream. And that that is focusing on, like what you said, Jake, that's focusing on the, uh, how did you put it? The opportunity? What do you mean? Uh, focusing on doing the thing oh, right, rather right, right. than yeah, on the results. Yeah, it's, it's it's focusing you know? on the the systems that are going to lead you to. That's to right. The behaviors. the behaviors. Then that includes. It should include eating well, getting enough sleep, exercise, discipline. If you're Jake, writing these insane lists. <laughs> Of things to do and keeping track and, and checking them off. And, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, one of the, there's like, I, I, I saw this, uh, this list one time in, a, in an article that said there are six things that, that are common to almost all millionaires. And one of them is making, keeping regular lists and crossing off items on that list. I keep mine on my phone. You write yours down because, you like to frame them and revisit them years later and see how beautiful they are. I just, I, I, the more time I could spend away from my phone, the better for my mental health. So that's why I don't. I'm just not that far that. evolved yet. I'll get there someday. I've started keeping my phone in a drawer for that reason. It's, it, it is amazing how much better your life so is without it. That's why you never answer texts. I, 
I get it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I'm off the grid, baby. But when you do get on the text thread, you don't stop. Oh, yeah. And you're like, how come you guys aren't on the text thread right now? <laughs> That's the old me. That was before I put it in the drawer. Now I just, I'll just text you a namaste and I'll get back to you in a couple of days. <laughs> All right. I Dare like to it. dream big. Let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, just want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, th- this podcast, Three Point Perspective, is made possible by svslearn.com. We're becoming a great illustrator starts. And your hosts today have been Will Terry, Lee White, and Jake Parker. And if you want to find us online, best place to look would be at our websites. Will Terry's is willterry.com. Lee White's is leewhiteillustration.com. And mine is mrjakeparker.com. And then if you are on social media, our social media platform of choice is Instagram because it's visual based, I would assume. <laughs> That's why we like it. Um, Will Terry on Instagram is Will Terry Art. Lee White is Lee White Illo. And I'm just simply Jake Parker. Uh, podcast is produced by Aaron Painter. Um, you can find his work at painterdraws.com. Podcast edited by Alex Sugg. You can find his work at alexsug.com and Sug is spelled with two G's, so it's S-U-G-G. Podcast video edited by Daniel Two. You could watch our podcasts on YouTube as well. Um, it's a good way to check it out. See us actually see our beautiful shining faces <laughs> while we talk. In reality, watch me stare off the side of the screen working on something <laughs> while we <laughs> while we talk. Anyways, Daniel Two's our <laughs> video editor, and you can find his work at daniel2.co, and two is spelled T-U. And lastly, our social media specialist and uh, podcast sharer is Lisa Fott, and special thanks to her for that. If you like this episode, share it around. Uh, podcasts live and die by word of mouth, so please tell people about it. We would love that. And if you're wanting to join in on this specific discussion, go to our forums at svslearn.com. Just click on the forum button at the top of the website and join in. There's a There should be a, um, a thread there all about this particular subject that we've talked about. And we'd love to have you pipe in over there and let us know what you think. Um, that's it. We hope to uh, see you guys next time. Bye.